welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all great interviews, podcasts, articles, videos, whatever it is doing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check that out at hitthatline.com. The Razorback basketball team drops a game against Western Kentucky, and for some reason I feel like I'm the one to blame for that. We'll also get into the Heisman Trophy winner. And it's not Tua? Really? We'll have that. And we will also get into the wedding that I had over the weekend because I need y'all's help. And I have a call to action that we're going to have to get into. And we can wait that for the final segment of the podcast. But we start with the Arkansas Razorback basketball team dropping a game over the weekend at home in Bud Walton Arena to the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Now, let me just say that I will take full blame for this game. Because I came out on the podcast, I believe, on Friday, and I started talking about how I believe in this team. I believe in this that this is going to be a special year. I believe that they had all the pieces to really make some noise, get back to the NCAA tournament, maybe even win some games, yada, yada, yada. And they lost on Saturday, almost like right on cue. It just seems like it was just perfect timing, the perfect storm for that to happen. Now, obviously, you know, you can't, say that I had any direct indication or implication on the fact that the team lost. I I don't. I'm not going to claim that. I'm more just messing around. But I will say, though, that it was not a it was not a good game. I think Arkansas recognizes that they struggled a little bit and in particular players they struggled a little bit, but only losing 78 to 77 is not exactly the end of the world. You had some good things go on. Western Kentucky is a good team. I don't think they're as bad as what the record indicates, which they're 5-4, and four. and I'm not saying that's bad by any stretch, but they're definitely a team that will probably be in the NCAA tournament that had great play by Charles Bassey, the guy down low with 21 points, and you know he, he was a monster. But Arkansas, you know, I, I don't want to be this guy that just says, if you make your free throws, you win, because you can say that about any game. You know, if you lose a game by eight points, but you miss nine free throws, they say, well, if you make your free throws, you win the game. You know, I'm I'm never going to want to be that type of person. But I do want to bring up the fact that it is amazing to me that in college basketball specifically, more than anything, free throws are so much of a storyline and what what truly separates the good teams from the great teams. Because if you think about it right now, folks, Arkansas sitting at six and two, they've lost two games this season. They lost to Texas by two points, and they lost to Western Kentucky by one point. What was the storyline? What was the thing that the stat that everyone points to and say, this is why it happened, this is why it went bad for Arkansas? It was the free throw shooting. Because in both of those games, Arkansas shot less than 60% as a team. And it just makes the difference. All the difference in the world. And so you always want to point back to that and say, hey, if the team just makes their free throws, they win the game. Which is why, right there, that I still believe that this team is going to be a good team. Still believe that this team is going to make the NCAA tournament. Or at least be in the conversation, be a bubble team at the end of the year. Because free throw shooting, as annoying as it may be for you, the fans, to miss, it's actually, in a way, a good thing as far as when when you count it up as a loss. Because that's something that you can fix That's something you can work on and you can make a difference there later in the season. Now, there are some things that you can't do. You can't change body types. You can't change size. You can't change depth. You just can't change those things in the middle of the year. 
but the things that you can change, things like free throws, are what's going to make this team continue to grow, to continue to get better, as long as that's something that they put an emphasis on and they continue to work on, which I believe they will. I mean, I just because think about how different the season is and how different the excitement level is if Arkansas made their free throws against Texas and Western Kentucky and they're sitting undefeated, arguably a top 25 team right now. Where's the excitement level? Where, but that's the thing because I've had so many people contact me on Twitter or Facebook or whatever talking about Mike Anderson and how this is another just a big letdown and an embarrassing loss, blah, 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 blah. So you're telling me that the difference that you have as an individual and in your mind of Mike Anderson this year is based simply off of a few free throws. That's what makes the difference between him being a great coach who's bouncing back and having a fantastic start to the season by being undefeated or just losing two games to pretty two decent teams. That's what's the difference. Essentially, free throws. You could go from Mike being great to Mike being lousy. You can't see it that way, folks. And I'm not in any ways trying to say that Mike Anderson's perfect. I like Mike Anderson. I think he is the guy that you always want to have leading Arkansas because this is his dream job and this is a place that he will never leave as long as he has success. And but I do and I, again, I'm not saying that he's not void of criticisms. But I mean, you're talking about something so small, so minor. That in college basketball, especially, these types of things happen. I mean, guys, Kentucky lost to Seton Hall over the weekend. You don't think there's Kentucky fans ranting and raving, pissed off beyond belief because their team, their beloved Wildcats, lost to a Seton Hall team? Are you kidding me? It's the same way when it comes to Razorback basketball. Now, I know it's not to the level of success that you probably want it, but there's still a lot of similarities when it comes to the type of pressure and the type of expectation that can be put on these coaches and how a lot of times when it comes to a loss or when it comes to a win, you can flip it on the coach on a dime. Some people will still love Mike Anderson. if he Because here's the thing. People who are very critical of Mike Anderson only come out when Mike Anderson loses. But those people are nowhere to be seen, nowhere to be heard of when the team's doing good. And I think that's how it is in a lot of fan bases and it is with a lot of different sports and coaches and players and all of that. So it just frustrates me when this loss happened. I had more people tweet at me about basically getting after me because of my tweets and because of my podcast that I was being so positive towards the Razorback. Just be like, see, see, you you idiot. You jumped on board too quick, didn't you? Maybe. But there's still a lot of games to be played. And it wasn't like Arkansas just got ran out of the gym. They didn't. Adriel Bailey played a terrible game. Gabe Osaboyan played a bad game. But that was pretty much it. Like, Daniel Gafford played good. 17 points, 9 rebounds, 7-12 shooting. Isaiah Joe played well. He had 5-10 from three-point land. 19 points, Isaiah Joe and Mason Jones. Mason Jones had 15 points. Jalen Harris had 13 points and 7 assists. I mean, they played well. But they got to get everybody to play at a level that they can count on and be consistent. And Adrio Bailey, from what he had been giving you the past few games, didn't bring it. And so there lied the result. So it, it's small stuff, folks. Small stuff. There's no glaring issues. There's no big-time problems. There's no 
lack of chemistry in the locker room. There's no lack of effort. This isn't the dadgum football team where you could just make a laundry list of problems. This is a basketball team that has talent, that has chemistry, that has ability, but is very young, very inexperienced. But I like how they'll bounce back. They bounced back well against Texas after that loss. I think they'll bounce really well back after Western Kentucky. When you get in a conference play, that's when you find out who you are. That's when you find out just how good of a basketball team you truly are. But right now, folks, just right now, pump the brakes, still have hope, still have faith, enjoy the rest of the season because it's going to be a great one. I promise you. All right? And if I'm wrong, you can come back here. You can wreck shop on me. You can spit in my face. You can call me names. Whatever. It'll be fine. Just wait. Just hold out. See what happens. But don't panic. Don't lose your mind. And don't start wanting people fired after one simple game where you lost by one point to a possible NCAA tournament team early in the season. Just chill. But since you want to watch these games, and I want you to watch these games, the best way to do it, though, Sling TV. Sling TV is the best way to watch college football and college basketball. Basically, every single sport there is. $30 a month gets you the ESPN Networks, the Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, and so much more. You can also stream it on your big screen and your favorite mobile devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better because it has no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Sign up for Sling TV and you can get a seven-day free trial. And this is only for you Locked On listeners. Sling.com slash Locked On. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash Locked On. Try it out free seven-day trial by going to that and signing up. Tell me what you think. I promise you won't be disappointed. I know not. I'm not disappointed when I use it. Give it a shot. Let me know. I promise you it will not let you down. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You know, I want to talk a little bit about the Heisman Trophy race, how it all came to an end. And Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray from Oklahoma wins the Heisman over Tua, whatever his last name is. I still refuse to say it. Tua. He won it. How? How? I thought it was all wrapped up. I thought it was all Tua. The way you've been playing against elite-level competition, I thought that was it. It, it was it was golden. It was Gucci. Tua could cruise his way into the Heisman Trophy room, take the trophy, put it up on his pedestal, and leave, call it a night. Thanks for coming out, everybody. You've been a wonderful audience. I thought it was just that cut and dry, but apparently not. It was a two-man race between Kyler Murray and Tua, And they decided to give it to Kyler in one of the closest races you'll ever see in Heisman Trophy history. Now, it it just seems weird because we can talk about, you know, games and performances and stats because Kyler Murray for sure has the better stats. There's no beating around the bush on that. His numbers are much better than Tua's. But I have to factor in some things for you. Like, for instance... Tua didn't play a lot of fourth quarters this year because his team was so dominant in the first three quarters. They didn't need him to play a bunch of snaps. They didn't need him to make a bunch of plays because his teams were always so much in the lead. Tua also had to go up against SEC defenses, elite SEC defenses in some cases, like LSU, like Mississippi State, like Georgia. He had to go up against those great defenses. But what about Kyler Murray? What defense did he go up against? 
What defense did he go up and he have to really struggle because he had NFL caliber players littered across the side, across the line of scrimmage? I, I don't know. I don't see any teams that he played. So it just feels weird. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray, the guy put up numbers. The guy was great. But it just feels weird that he won the Heisman in the fashion they did because I feel like they really punished Tua for getting injured and not playing well in the first part of the SEC championship game. Which is fine if you want to use that as a legitimate criticism, but it just I guess it just sucks because it comes down to one game and one game where you get injured and you you know you don't really have your chance to make a comeback and to perform well in the second half. Because I'm telling you right now, folks, Jalen Hurts came into that game for Alabama and beat Georgia and came from behind, and it was an amazing, fantastic, great storyline. But on the other side of it, if Tua would have stayed healthy and he would have been in the game and he would have led the comeback, he would have been able to finish off the game, then it would be a completely different narrative, and Tua probably would have won the Heisman. But it's all about in the moment. It's all about what have you done for me lately. It's all about what you do on the biggest stage. And unfortunately for Tua, he was not available there on the biggest stage of the season. So I feel bad for him, but I'm sure he will be just fine because he will move on to do some great things next season as he will be back at Alabama. That's right, folks. Tua, you know Tua, the guy that just dominated everybody in the college football season, didn't really have any problems, any major struggles, had a few games here and there where I guess he didn't throw for 500 yards and 500 million touchdowns in a single game on two passes. Yeah, I know, it's it's really tough to have that, but he's going to be back next year. But there were more to this storyline, though, of the Heisman Trophy race than just that, just Kyler Murray upsetting Tua in a way of sorts. Some tweets from Kyler Murray were dug up by USA Today when he was 14 and 15 years old using homophobic slurs. Usually, and from what the tweet said, usually referring to buddies of his or guys that were uh, tweeting at him or whatnot as queers, just to put it lightly. And this came out, and USA Today published it, and I had a, I had a real issue with it. I had a real issue with the type of mentality and the type of narrative that USA Today was taking, because more or less it was timing. It was timing. I'm not condoning Kyler Murray and saying those things or tweeting those things, although when he's 14 and 15, just like I was 14 and 15, just like you were 14 and 15. You probably said some dumb stuff, some terrible things. But the difference is is that it wasn't on Twitter. It wasn't on social media. And if it was, nobody cares because you just didn't win the Heisman. That's first and foremost. But I'm not condoning it. But the fact is, is that you had a kid who had just had the greatest night of his life, just had accomplished one of the greatest feats you can ever accomplish as an individual by winning the Heisman Trophy. And that same 24-hour period... You have a story released right afterwards about Kyler Murray using homophobic slurs and him having to come out on Twitter and apologize for it. And it just sucks. It's not surprising. It just sucks. Because I, listen, maybe it's just because I'm getting old in age. I'm in my 30s now. But it just bothers me that we have a society and that we have a thing where it's just about clicks. It's about gotcha moments. It's about going viral. 
And you see it all the time. I mean, even if you go outside the sports realm, I mean, Kevin Hart, the comedian, is having to step down from hosting the Oscars because once it was announced that he was there, some people dug up some old tweets of him making homophobic jokes or whatnot that were just jokes back in 2010, 2011. And so he had to step down from it. And it's just, it's all about how woke you are on social media. How you better be a perfect little angel saint and never say anything anything awful, anything terrible, anything that could be offensive to anybody, or else you will get ripped apart. You will be torn down. And again, I am not condoning it. But I have recognized human beings for what they are. They're imperfect. We're, we all are. We all make mistakes. We all say things that we shouldn't say, that we know better not to say, but we say them anyway because we make mistakes. We do things like that. We're human. Everyone, every one of us, human. And I guarantee you that every one of you listening can probably go back to some time in your youth where you said something or you posted something or you wrote something or whatnot that if it got out today, you'd be mortified. You'd be embarrassed. And if it did get out today, there'd be people who would want to go after you for it. Guaranteed, because we've all done it. And that's the problem I have is that it's not that it's wrong because it is, but it's the way that people are treated from it, where it's almost like terrible human beings. You say one, one word, one word that's not kosher, and you are a horrible individual that deserves all the punishment you could possibly get. And it sucks. It absolutely sucks. It sucks that people have to deal with that. It sucks that people think that that's the right thing to do. And it also sucks because it tries to ruin and tarnish good people with good reputations because of somebody wanting to stay woke. They want to put out little articles for terrible timings to get the most clicks, to go the most viral, and it's wrong. We live in a society now where where words, words mean more than actions. When I was growing up and when I was taught, I always thought actions meant more than words. Actions define people more than words. And somehow, some way, it's all gotten switched. And that's problematic. I judge people by what they do. By the actions that they take and the decisions that they make. Not when they speak. Not when they misspeak. And not when they say things that they know that are wrong or they say things years ago when times were different and then hold them accountable to that today. It's wrong. Whether you, what other side of the aisle you lean politically, whatever you do as an individual religiously, whatever it is, I don't care. It's wrong no matter what. And I wish we could go back during a time where this wasn't the case, where it wasn't like this, where guys like Kyler Murray could just enjoy the moment and enjoy the great accomplishment instead of him having to come out and apologize for something he did as a 14-year-old kid where we didn't break any laws, he didn't commit any crimes, he didn't hurt anyone else, he just said a word that was ill-advised. It's BS, it's Bush League, and it's not going to change anytime soon. But the only thing that I can recommend out of all of this, and this is something that's pretty obvious, but the only thing I can recommend is if you're on social media or if you have your kids on social media or whatever, just be smart. Be very, very smart. Because that thing, those things that are written on social media, they're not written in pencil. 
They are written in ink. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, the final segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. I went to a wedding over the weekend, and it was a great one uh, out in the country, out in Huntsville, Arkansas. It was cold. Uh, it was rainy. Had a fish fry. It was interesting, but that doesn't matter. Here's my question to all of you, and I'm hoping you guys can help me out. I caught the garter. Uh, when I mean catch it, I mean it fell in front of me on the floor, and no one picked it up. So I was like, well, I guess I will. So I have it. What do I do with it? What is the traditions? What is the things that I have to do to make it work? Because I've never done this, but I've never caught one before. Do you throw it away? Do you store it somewhere? Do you burn it? I mean, I, what do you do with it? So if you have any ideas, if you have any input, please let me know. Cause I'd like to figure this out and I'd like to move on with it because I think it's funny, but just kind of like, eh, I don't know what to do, man. I'm just over here hanging out and now I have a garter sitting on my desk. I need to throw it away. I don't know. Help me out here. Just give me some issues. Give me some reasons. Give me some input, and we'll see what we can do. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the podcast today. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at RushJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.